Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host is with us today. And you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking for tools, tips, information for the people that we interview that can give you that creative edge, the cutting edge, competitive edge to move forward, whether it's yourself as a leader or the team or the organization that you're dealing with. And let me just say a word about Kathy and bring her on. So... For our listeners, we've been doing this now for 10 years, and, and hopefully uh, we have far old listeners, but new listeners for the ones who don't know. Dr. Kathy Greenberg uh, leads executives and entire companies in her proven work strategies based on positive psychology and the science of courage. <clears throat> She's been named the First Lady of Happiness, and she is a uh, TV, radio, and media personality. She's the founder of four different consultancies, leadership consultancies, and, instit- and three leadership institutes. She has a wealth of information about behavioral research and offers friendly tools and tips on the Morning Blend, which is an ABC show. She has a free app that you can see her glowing face called uh, Your Happiness Now, and that's available on the iTunes store. And her latest uh, number one best-selling book is Fearless Leaders Sharpen Your Focus, and it really is focusing on uh, special operations, sports athletes, global executives. You can get more information from her on www.fearlessleadersquiz.com where you can get some tools and take a quiz and see where you are in your leadership. So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Relly. It's a, a pleasure today to have uh, Neil Vaughn with us, Assistant Chief Neil Vaughn. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into, uh, into his bio uh, in a few minutes. But before we get started, I'd like to make sure everybody who's listening today knows a little bit about uh, why we do the show and who you are. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you mentioned, uh, we've been on the air now for a decade. Uh, we're ranked uh, one of the top five shows on the Voice America Business Radio Network. We have over a million downloads. We get listeners from all over the world. I believe we're in 26 countries and 127 cities, and we just love hearing from everybody and being able to add value to everyone's life. So for those of you who don't know, my co-host, uh, one of my favorite people, uh, Dr. Raleigh Nadler, uh, he is a master-level certified executive coach psychologist. He's a corporate leadership and team trainer. Uh, he's been one of my uh, professional mentors. Uh, you know, Relly brings uh, his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to everything he does, uh, to his keynotes, his consulting, his coaching, and of course, his development programs. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he has a blog on psychology today. It gets over 150,000 reads. And, um, you know, Relly's book, uh, leader, leading with Emotional Intelligence uh, is a top-ranked book in our industry, and it provides hundreds of tools and tips to develop star performers across industries to help each of us and to help those around us. And you can reach Relly a number of ways. You can go to his website, which is drrellynadler.com. 
You can also visit him at truenorthleadership.com. And you can get his iApp called Leadership Keys. You can also get that at the iTunes store. And really, uh, if they go to EI Central, E-I-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, could you give them the number they need to yeah. text, please? And then it's 38470. So you text EI Central, EI stands for Emotional Intelligence, EI Central, and text it to 38470. Fantastic. So... A lot to share with you today. Uh, we have uh, a fabulous guest who I've been working with now for the better part of a year uh, on emotional intelligence and law enforcement. Uh, we just presented at a national conference for national tactical officers who are looking for ways to increase their performance. Uh, let me just say a few words about Assistant Chief Neil Vaughn. Um, he is the Assistant Chief of Police for Pembroke Pines Police Department in Broward County, Florida, for those of you who know the area. Uh, it is near uh, the Miami uh, area, and um, he oversees all operational and administrative aspects of the department. He has 25 years of law enforcement experience. He is a distinguished graduate of the 253rd class of the FBI National Academy and he holds a master's degree in executive leadership from Liberty University. He is currently getting a degree in executive coaching from the College of Executive Coaching, and he's leveraging his knowledge and understanding of emotional intelligence. Uh, He's doing that single-handedly right now in his department by providing developmental training and offering strategies and tactics for his leadership team, as well as a host of other leaders seeking to successfully engage in what we would call transformational leadership. In addition, Neil is an executive coach who assists law enforcement professionals to uh, develop their leadership skills, making them better people, regardless of what they do, and increasing their decision-making abilities and their teamwork. Uh, I am very excited to have my colleague, uh, one of my mentors and somebody I look to on a daily basis for guidance and insight. Neil Vaughn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's truly an honor to be speaking with both of you. Well, thank you, Neil. And, you know, Kathy knows you well, but I think what will be helpful for me and then our, our audience, we always want to ask kind of who's been most influential for you in, in your life, your career. It gives us a little history into the into makeup of, you know, who Neil Vaughn is. Okay. Probably, um, you, you don't hear this a lot, but my wife and my mother are probably two of the most influential people in my life. My uh, wife is just that natural-born leader. She has that magnetic personality, and, you know, I see her uh, working all the time, and it's definitely, uh, it rubs off. And uh, as a police officer, you know, it's my job to serve the community. And uh, my mother, she's one of those people that is a selfless server. She's like a saint on earth. So seeing her do that, you know, growing up in that environment of service, um, really they've definitely influenced my personal life. Um, Probably from a professional standpoint, uh, the current chief of police where I am, um, he's definitely uh, one of the finest men I've ever uh, have ever met. And he just provides such a great example um, of leadership and his actions, um, and that's Dan Justino. So really, you know, those three people, I would say, have um, provided the most influence on my leadership ability, ethics, 
and values and, you know, how I go to work each and every day. So, you know, Neil, when you uh, think about your career, how long have you been doing this now? Uh, for 25 years. So 25 years, and, and you're still a relatively young man uh, in your 40s. So let me ask you this. How did you decide you wanted a career uh, in law enforcement? And, uh, and when you did that, how did it change your life? Well, my father uh, was a police officer, so growing up my whole life, that was the only thing I wanted to do. Um, so that was, it was a dream come true, becoming a police officer. And, you know, it's provided great fulfillment for me. Um, again, as I talked about the service aspect, you know, how we make the world um, a better place is by serving the community. So I wouldn't say that it changed my life as much as it was just a dream come true. And it, with your dad being a police officer, um, would he be sharing kind of things that's going on? Or is it more, you know, sometimes... It's not always what you say, it's what you do that has influence. So like, you know, what were some of the kind of key things that you know, at an early age, a lot of people want to be, a, you know, a lot of boys want to be a fireman. But so for a, a, a police officer, what were some of the things that kind of stood out that you maybe you saw? I think personal responsibility. That's one of the things that, you know, he talked about that, you know, you're responsible for your own actions. And uh, he was a supervisor. He retired as a lieutenant, you know, in, in a neighboring agency. So seeing him, you know, as a leader, um, leading other people, but but holding himself accountable for his actions was very important, and to be very independent. Um, he, you know, he always um, put forth the significance of independence in your life. That you don't do what everybody else does just because they do it. You do the right thing, and it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Huh. That's beautiful. So, Neil, as you think about uh, the command staff and the officers that uh, have come into your agency over the years. Um, what are some of the key behaviors a good police officer needs for success in this career? Okay. I, I would say even before behaviors, it would have to be a genuine desire to serve. That, you know, as a police officer, that's what you're doing. You're serving the community and you're impacting people's lives in a, in a positive way. So finding law enforcement officers that want to serve others is key. As far as behaviors go, to me, that all goes back to the use of emotional intelligence, and that's what is so significant. Because when you think of police officers, the number one um, behavior that you want them demonstrating is integrity. And after integrity, you know, you talk about professionalism. And, you know, when you talk about professionalism, that encompasses so much of emotional intelligence, whether it's self-expression, their impulse control, their stress tolerance, empathy is very important, and of course optimism because they deal with adversity each and every day. And to be able to overcome that adversity and stay optimistic is vital to keeping that positive attitude as you serve the community. And so and let's maybe zero in on a couple of these, Neil, if we can. So let's say the, uh, the impulse control um, with the officers that, that you work with, how do you, you know, is there any kind of keys we can talk about now and then we'll also go to break in a moment, but, you know, how do you um, teach impulse control or is that something that you think you're, is more of a temperament? Um, any, any, and I guess also, you know, a lot of people you're dealing with have a lack of impulse control, you know, that you're serving as a police officer. Any kind of insights on that? No doubt. You know, you being an expert in emotional intelligence, you understand you can certainly teach it. 
And that's why it's so important to find police officers that have a decent level of impulse control before you come in so uh-huh. you can make those good officers great officers through impulse control and stress inoculation and training. Um, by creating stressful situations, you have officers um, not have those amygdala hijacks that so often you see. So I think you can train to some extent. It's about keeping a threshold of getting people in with decent levels of impulse control so you can make them great. Well, we're going to go to a quick break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
whether the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices top performers. We're talking to a top performer, Neil Vaughn, assistant chief of police. He's also a coach and an author, which we'll get in here a little bit more about. But before the break, we were talking about at least some of the EI competencies and the one uh, around impulse control. But then, Neil, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, how do you select? Because I think that was one of the things you were saying. It was around someone who already has some impulse control. But some of the selection process and then also once you have some of those key things, then you know, the training would be fascinating to hear. Yes. The, the selection process is it's quite in-depth, I'll tell you. Um, police officers first have to take a physical agility test and a swim test and then a written test before they can even apply to a law enforcement agency. Once they do that, then we do a screening process. We do a behavioral personal assessment uh, device where police officers will um, have scenarios brought before them on a computer screen, they will then, you know, advise how would they respond to that particular situation. So you get an idea up front how they would deal with difficult situations or decision-making, uh, again, back to impulse control. Uh, and we've recently added the EQI 2.0 assessment, which oh. we believe is a game-changer because having that, you know, threshold of what we're looking for um, is important. And so what we've done is we've created a group profile in our agency um, of our top performers, and we're utilizing that with our, our candidates. And in addition to that, we do an oral panel, a polygraph, a psychological, a thorough background investigation, and then it has to go um, through a command review, an oral board, and a chief's interview with medical screening and drug screening. So by the time you become a police officer to go to the academy to learn how to do the job, there's been significant um, process and, tr- and um, background checks before you even become an officer. That's huge. So, um, given that both Kathy and I do the EQI, and it sounds like you know now you also, well, wh- have you, you said you have a profile. What are some of the, the things that maybe you saw your outstanding folks? Um, what are some of the, the competencies that they seem to be high in? Well, uh, obviously, social responsibility. Um, yeah. To be a police officer, you're going to have that high social responsibility, and it gives us an opportunity, should someone not have high social responsibility, to wonder why do they want to come in this job. So it really mm-hmm. gives, really helps the background investigators, and that, that's why the EQI 2.0 is so important for us. Right. And in addition, you, know, you, you highlighted wisely the impulse control. You know, that's very important, and stress tolerance. Uh-huh. We need to make sure that we have people coming in the job that have a good level right. of stress tolerance and decision-making because, you know, unlike so many people in their jobs, you have time, time is on your side. With yeah. police work, 
you have issues before you, and you have seconds to make a decision. Right. So that decision-making, that stress tolerance, impulse control, they're very important. That's huge. And so just, you know, for, for the audience, the decision-making, you know, underneath in the EQI has impulse control is one of the key competencies, but also reality testing and problem solving, and they all influence each other. So just to reiterate, the Neil, you said social responsibility, impulse control, stress tolerance, and then the, the decision-making kind of uh, matrix of those three. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, Neil. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, when uh, when we look at uh, what hiring was like before um, the process that you use now, uh, what what were the distinguishing characteristics that you can identify that have carried through into the emotional intelligence assessment? Well, we really weren't utilizing emotional intelligence. How we were able to, you know, we didn't use that language. It's only, you know, recently, thanks to, to your influence, that we're actually utilizing uh, emotional intelligence in hiring and leadership development. So prior to that, we were looking at those, but we weren't using emotional intelligence language. When you looked at backgrounds and you had people that continuously got fired, they had issues with their boss, they were very difficult to deal with, um, let's say they would yell at their bosses, you know, clearly there's an issue of impulse control. We just didn't call it that. So that mm-hmm. background process um, was very important because the best predictor of future performance is past performance. Now with emotional intelligence, we're able to name it, and now we can really delve deeper into it. Excellent. So one of the things that you do right now for your team, which I find extremely engaging since I've gotten to work with you and your team, uh, is um, the coach role. So tell us a little bit about um, your experience being a coach now and getting certification to do that, and then we'll roll into what you're doing as an author. Uh, to me, coaching, um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the greatest areas that I've gotten into, and I find you know the, the serving the community is fantastic, but really making leaders great, taking good leaders, making them great, taking great leaders and making them peak performers. Um, there's a lot of fulfillment for me and a lot of passion there. So it's my way of, of really helping other people. So what we've done here is we have brought the EQI into our command staff and some of our, our, our leaders um, in lower ranks. And I'm actually doing some internal coaching and coaching these people who are already very good but really to help make them a better them and, you know, finding a lot of um, um, positive, you know, feedback from them. They seem to enjoy it. They engage in it. And it, it's really helping them become a more insightful about, you know, their own leadership abilities and where their potentials really lie. And, and I imagine with the coaching, you know, first it's really got to be fulfilling for you. Um, but then, like you said, there the folks that you do it with, they are always looking to improve. And I think, you know, bringing coaching to the police officers, just like we know, you know, top athletes have coaches and, you know, in the business world have coaches. Um, and is it, are you using it like uh, across all the folks that you are dealing with or is it more specific for certain ones? Like how are, how are you integrating it now? Well, right now we're in the, the early stages so uh, as we created a group profile of our agency, there were many leaders who were part of that group profile. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, that's when the feedback started. 
and the feedback was a force multiplier because they saw the benefit of it. You know, I explained to them what the EQI was, that it really is an assessment, it is a coaching tool, and we yeah. continued with it. So those, those leaders saw the value in it. Um, you know, as Kathy says, it, it's a way to introduce people to themselves. And huh. so I was able to introduce them to themselves, and we had great results. Kathy, I haven't heard you say that. I'm writing that down. So introduce you to yourself. I like that. Well, that's a, a term uh, we actually used uh, back in Navy Spec Warfare when Chris Auger was with us, uh, who was, uh, as some of our listeners may recall, um, decorated 27-year Navy SEAL who uh, left the teams and uh, came to work with us on emotional intelligence. Yeah. And uh, that was one of his favorite sayings, and he believed that we should be introduced to ourselves early and often. Um, So, Neil, when you think about the best coaches that you've been exposed to in law enforcement, uh, what kinds of attributes do you believe a good coach for police officers, for law enforcement, uh, are, are you know what, what's out there that's going to make them listen to uh, to you uh, versus somebody like Miarelli, other than your experience? Well, I, I, w- I would broaden that because law enforcement really has yet to get into the coaching world. I mean, this is something new where you know the private sector has been involved in coaching for years. They see the value. Um, the public sector really hasn't quite gotten there, particularly in law enforcement. So I would answer the question from my perspective as it relates to my coaching, and I think it's sincerity, that the people that you're coaching have to recognize the only reason you're coaching them is so you can help them become peak performers. It's all about not doing something for yourself, not doing something for the agency. It's really about the sincerity that you care enough about that individual to help them grow. And I think that's part, you know, when you talk about the EQI, you know, they talk about leadership a lot, and you get the leadership report, and they talk about the, you know, authenticity. They talk about the coaching, and I think it really shows how significant, you know, the the leadership assessment is, and I think that's part of coaching, is to mentor people, to coach people, and but you have to be sincere, and I think it all starts with sincerity, that you're there for one reason, one reason only, and that's to make the other person better. Well, what's interesting, Neil, you know, you're saying that, you know, we know, yeah, that the sincerity and, the, and really that helping, and I think one of the things that's kind of the, almost a positive force is is when you're um, really helping someone, you're releasing oxytocin, and the person who is receiving it feels that same kind of chemical flush of oxytocin, and it really does create, now we know that trust, and I know, obviously, and with the, with the police, you know, is trusting each other, and now we're really able to know kind of what's beneath that. You know, what kind of chemicals and neurotransmitters are being produced, and it's really that that oxytocin. That um, so, I imagine that bond is just you know with your coaching is even continuing to grow. You know, as you're doing more more of the coaching versus what I would imagine before was just a little bit more tell cell kind of the hierarchical piece. Absolutely, that that's a. You're, you're completely on point. It's a great observation. You know, what, Neil, when you um, went into this, uh, you know, and you were thinking about uh, what could I do uh, to make everybody around me better, because that seems to be your motto. How can I make everybody around me better? Um, 
what was it that inspired you to um, to take on that role uh, after so many years of being successful and having such a, a fantastic team down there? It's something I always did, and I think, you know, finding um, the profession of coaching really helped me identify an outlet to do that. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Sure. As a leader, I was always engaged in mentoring and unofficially coaching the people around me. Um, Being, you know, a supervisor, I have many people under my command, so I regularly coach them. I regularly talk them through issues, talk to them about decision-making, offer perspective, because I believe it's all about perspective. Everybody talks about attitude. Attitude is everything. But I believe that if attitude is everything, then everything is about perspective. And providing perspective for people to see things from a different viewpoint allows them to open up and really change the way they lead, change the way they view things, because we all have biases. And if you can help people overcome their bias, I think you can help them um, eliminate um, the limits they put on themselves. So finding the profession of coaching, really talking about the questioning where you can help them come with the answer rather than providing them with the answer was extremely helpful to me. And I saw greater dividends by being more of a, of a true coach than a mentor. Right. Okay. Well, Neil, thanks. We're going to jump mm-hmm. back uh, into talking more about kind of coaching and hearing some of the things that you do to motivate folks. Uh, we're going to go to our next break. So this is Leadership Development News, and we're going to go a break, and we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. 
seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We are having an engaging conversation with Assistant Chief of Police, Neil Vaughn, who's also a coach, uh, and he is becoming an author with his motivational post. So, Neil, uh, when we went to break, we were talking about some of the distinctions uh, used in your career for uh, star performers before and after emotional intelligence, and uh, we talked a little bit about the coaching that you've been engaging in to help leaders uh, and team members in your agency perform at their best. Let me uh, ask you um, a little bit deeper question on the training. So what do you think of training programs for law enforcement today? Uh, we see so much activity in the public domain uh, related to uh, supporting communities. You just went through IRMA. Uh, I'm sure you could tell us lots of stories about how your law enforcement officers engage with the communities. Uh, I know uh, it was a huge endeavor uh, for all of the agencies uh, in the Florida region. Um, so let's start there. Does it make sense to use um, the kinds of training programs that you currently use? What could change? What might we emphasize in terms of emotional intelligence skills, and which ones would you suggest? Well, I think integrating emotional intelligence into all aspects of training is important. You know, it, it would be analogous to ethical training. You know, so many organizations simply look at ethics. They talk about ethics. They might have one class every year about ethics, but it's not integrated into the culture. And I think the same goes with emotional intelligence. Simply talking about it or teaching police officers about it on the front end of their career or during their career is one thing. 
but really integrating emotional intelligence into all aspects of training, I think, would really help and provide those law enforcement, you know, organizations who do that um, an opportunity to change your culture. Because then you would have a culture of being self-aware, having that stress tolerance, the problem-solving, impulse control, all those things um, that are so important. So that integration of, uh, of emotional intelligence would be great in all aspects of training. So everything you do, you talk about it in terms of how it relates to emotional intelligence and how it is going to benefit the police officer and ultimately the community as you do that training. And so, Neil, one of the things that I mentioned before that's interesting, so maybe say a little bit about the training, because I know, you know, we know from uh, the military and and uh, and f- things that you folks are doing, kind of what's called state-dependent learning. You want to put the person in a state similar to when they need to retrieve that learning. And often if you're in a classroom and, like you said, you know, learning about this stuff, and then you're in a completely different state, you don't have the same retrieval. What kind of things do you do to, you know, um, you know, those simulations really put them in that state and then see, you know, how they're performing and what they're learning. Absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely correct, and that's why we really get involved in scenario-based training uh, as well as we have a simulator. Um, in our particular agency, we have a simulator where officers, um, and it's it's about as big as a wall, um, and it's as if you're standing there in different scenarios, um, whether it's a traffic stop, an active shooter, um, various different scenarios that officers are involved in. And you definitely see the stress level, the heart rate go up when officers are there uh, with a simulator um, trying to deal with these issues where the person would either pull a gun on the officer, pull a knife on the officer, or just simply not follow commands. And the officers, you know, with that simulation, then make a determination on, you know, how to behave and what action they need to take next. So um, another thing is scenario-based training, as I mentioned. Um, You know, we make sure that we have role players um, who would assist whether you're doing building searches to have somebody in a building and actually use a real building to do the training rather than, say, your training facility. Hmm. And so you're saying they're going to, like, in front of them, they're going to have something, like, on the screen that they have a simulation, and then they're also hooked up to kind of biometrics so you can see what's going on with them? Well, you, you just see it, and, and you can hear it in the tone, you know, of the mm-hmm. officers and different levels of experience. You see the officers respond differently, where an officer might go uh, to a call for service at a um, disturbance in a restaurant, and then, you know, when the officer arrives and asks to speak to an individual, when he turns around, there's a gun in his waistband. Mm-hmm. So immediately the officer needs to react, and the officer needs to make a determination on what he's going to do upon seeing the firearm. So it definitely creates stress, right. um, and then the officer needs to make a determination on you know, right. w- what he's going to do, whether it's less lethal or lethal force. Uh, well, that's fascinating. Um. So, Neil, as we talk about um, developing these skills in individuals uh, and having gone through uh, some serious first responder situations, um, I know your agency in particular was not one called to the Hollywood uh, Florida airport shooting uh, that happened uh, this past year uh, that was um, a, a terrible, uh, tragic incident. But your yeah, folks our team did respond. Trained. Our team did respond to that. Your team did respond. Yes, okay. yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I did not realize that. I thought that, uh, that your agency um, was doing something else at the time, so, so please uh, fill me in. No, uh, to the the credit of all the the special operation and SWAT teams around the county, 
everyone responded out there, and each team was given um, a different section of the airport to clear because at the time, you know, shooting occurred, there was information about potentially a second shooter. And as you well know, with many terrorist attacks, it's more than just a shooter. Many times there's um, IEDs. So um, all of the teams, you know, throughout the county were given different areas of the airport to check. So they were involved in um, in going through the airport and the garage and, and assisting and clearing it so the public can get back to their normal lives. And how about with Irma? What was the primary responsibility? Uh, obviously, for that, that's really about, you know, communicating with our residents, um, number one, prior to, to be prepared. And then immediately following the storm, the officers went out to do assessment and provided assistance to communities uh, who needed it. And in our particular situation, we had uh, um, a rather large um, community of elderly where mm. they did not have generators and they were out with power for days. So because the, they didn't have power, the elevators didn't work, so people were on the you know, upper floors who couldn't leave their homes to go get food and go get water. So we created uh, a point of distribution, and we brought them food, we brought them water, and the city really did a tremendous job in, in serving the community um, during those difficult days of the aftermath. Oh, very nice. So now, when you, go ahead, Robin. Yeah, I would say when you see those folks in crisis and kind of like we know what's going on in there now in Puerto Rico, and I imagine... Um, there's tasks to be done from the problem solving. Uh, it's the empathy that I would imagine the people are trying to, um, you know, what can really move them and connect with a police officer. So maybe say a little bit about kind of that, that you know, how do you bring that empathy? Because I think we know it's important, but when there's a crisis going on, I think it it gets relegated to solving the problem. I mean, any... Do you have any kind of thoughts on that? I mean, you obviously you want to do both, but I think if there's a problem, I think empathy takes the background where solving the problem may take the front side. How do you uh, bring in empathy? No question. I think it depends on the problem that's before you. You know, officers are trained to conduct assessments. And, you know, once the assessment was done that those people needed help, the problem was sim simple, and that's where empathy, you know, took you know, center stage where the officers recognized that these people need our help. They can't come down for food, and they advised um, our operations center, and the emergency operations center um, got together, created a plan, and, you know, to credit the city, uh, we went out there and, you know, we provided resources, and we actually provided food, and in many mm -hmm. cases brought food to their homes because they were home right. down and couldn't get down. So the empathy, empathy always shows in law enforcement the public doesn't see it as much on TV because right. the only thing that makes TV is, you know, whether it's cops or, or other things or news stories, that, you know, it's, it, it's things that are far more um, mm -hmm. significant and it's never empathetic. You know, right. you know, luckily our community sees the empathy every day with our officers, but, you know, that doesn't make the news. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Now, in part of the training... I mean, I know you're, you're, you're helping them and you're doing phenomenal work. Is part of the training also kind of verbally how to connect with somebody on an empathetic? Because sometimes it can just be a few sentences. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it's definitely, um, but I think that's part of our culture. Uh -huh. You know, where, you know, within our mission, you know, there are three keys to our mission, professionalism, service, and innovation. And that service part is what we talk about on a regular basis. And, you know, we talk right. about the fact that we exist to make the world a better place. 
So everybody coming into the agency, you know, when they come to the chief's interview and the chief and myself actually interview these people, we actually talk about that and ensure that when they're coming in this job that that's what they want to do is serve. Right. So when you come in with that mindset, when you come in with that social responsibility, yeah, yeah. you have that, that, that belief in something bigger than yourself. Right. So a lot of police officers already have it. We just teach them how to hone it um, to make sure that they can connect with the community because building a rapport is mm-hmm. vital for police officers. Yeah. And you have to do it quickly. Yep. yep. Well, we're uh, going to go to a quick break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking to a top performer um, today, Neil Vaughn, Assistant Chief of of Police. He's also a a coach and an author, and we're going to hear a little bit about some of the, from the motivational standpoint, one of the competencies of leadership is is motivation and trying to be a uh, inspirational leader. And I know Neil and people that I deal with, sometimes that's that's challenging. And I know um, that you've had some of these motivational posts um, that may come in, into the book that Kathy mentioned about. So may I say a little bit about how that came about and 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 then how that what that process is like. Yeah, absolutely. So what what I really started doing with, you know, the people around me is I started sending them those picture quotes to kind of help motivate them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I felt like I really needed to do more. So then I started creating motivational posts where, uh, you know, something would come to mind, a particular theme, and I would write about that theme. And then in turn, I would find an applicable quote to go with it. So you kind of had, you know, the visual. And I started yeah. with texting people. And, you know, and then after that, it kind of morphed into, you know, once I really got involved in coaching, then I went from just a motivational um, theme with a quote, then I started adding a daily challenge. So every day, you know, Mm -hmm. those people, they either get an email or a text from me um, with a piece of motivation and then a challenge for today to really help them either answer a question for themselves to cause them to think about how it impacts their life or an action step they can take to move forward in whatever the theme may be. Can I That's beautiful. One? And, you know, and what we do know about that is kind of, uh, it's that priming and the pre-frame. And if, you can, if they get something every day, it can really influence the rest of their day, which I you know, imagine happens from what you're doing. It is, yeah. Let me re- I just wanted to read one so that our audience would get an idea. So he'll take, um, for example, like a Napoleon Hill quote, all right? So here's a good one. Great achievement is usually born of great sacrifice and is never the result of selfishness. So uh, Neil will um, send this out to uh, a group of people, and you can certainly get these if you'd like them, and I'm sure Neil can give you an email address to use to, uh, to get on his list. But it says, few people will argue that teamwork is not valuable. However, things fall apart when people are asked to be part of a team. Some people say they believe in teamwork, though they have a latent non-teamwork caveat. They're in as long as they get the position they want on the team. If they don't, they oppose the leader, oppose the philosophy, and oppose the strategy. In other words, they become the antithesis of a team player. So he says uh, a little bit more, and then he goes on to give you a challenge. And the challenge is, do you really believe in teamwork, or are they just words? You can't truly achieve greatness alone. Make you a better you. Uh, making you a better you requires self, selflessness. So be a team player and help make the world a better place. So he'll always go on to um, give you an opportunity to think about the quote, and then he always ends with the challenge. Your challenge for today is to assess your own belief and action toward teamwork. Um, really good way to inspire people to think about something, have a motto, 
and uh, question themselves about whether they're becoming uh, a better person by following their own advice and um, and looking inside themselves to challenge themselves to do a little bit more. So, uh, Neil, those are great. So do you, are some of those quotes that you find and then you follow up on them or some of them also ones that you create? It's really, I come up with a theme, I write it, and then I, whatever the theme may be, like, in other words, that's teamwork. So I'll then go online and I'll try to find a picture quote of teamwork. So it's really the thought comes to me, I kind of um, put it out there to motivate people and then just find an applicable quote um, to kind of help solidify it. So I think pictures really help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the bottom line for me is there's a connection here between what, Neil is doing in law enforcement and what we do in business. And I believe law enforcement is a business. Um, I really believe also that what Neil is touching on in the key traits of law enforcement professionals, whether they're uh, patrol officers or SWAT tactical officers who we see run into danger every day on our behalf, I think those two components, and Neil, I'd, you know, I'd love your take on this, uh, problem-solving uh, and impulse control are key to both of these communities. Uh, w- without question, you know, as you know, we recently did a group profile on our tactical operators, on the SWAT team, and we found that the three highest subscales is stress tolerance, problem-solving, and impulse control. Mm. And they're dealing with high stress, and it's very applicable mm-hmm. to on the CEOs, although CEOs aren't particularly dealing with life or death decisions, they are dealing with um, high pressure decisions where it's profit and loss and their jobs depend upon profit. So they, you, you can really see the importance of problem solving, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a SWAT operator, and the impulse control to kind of take a step back and not make a rash decision, um, but use that problem solving to your advantage um, as long as you have the stress tolerance to deal with it and you'll probably come out with a better solution. So CEOs, SWAT operators, police officers, really anyone can really use those subscales that we found for SWAT operators um, to really become great leaders and not allow stress to control their decisions because if you don't control your emotions, your emotions are going to control you. So that impulse control is key, and it will help you be a better problem solver. And one of the things, Neil, that, you know, Kathy and I talk about, I'm sure you talk about too, is, is we all want to be smart, and if you don't, if you're not controlling your impulse controls, you're operating with less IQ points. Right. And, and, and whether it's a police officer or an executive, we're dealing with, nobody, you know, wants to hear that blatant that you're operating with less IQ points, and that's kind of the you know the value proposition for why the emotional intelligence and impulse control are so important. So what comes out of your mouth and what comes out of your decisions are the best communication, the best judgment, best decisions. Absolutely. I see that every well, I think, day. No, go ahead, Neil. No, I, I definitely see that every day. It's, it's, you know, you see those people that can really take the time to make good decisions, even in stressful situations. It might not, you know, the time that you meet, need might be three seconds, but at yeah. least you're not reacting. You're taking exactly. a step back, you're assessing, and then you make a, a, a very good decision based upon yeah. your training, knowledge, and experience. So, Neil, one of the... Uh, recent posts you did, and we're sending these out in our Fearless Leaders newsletters, uh, is a, a beautiful one, which is a nice one to end with here. And you say, don't promise when you're happy, don't reply when you're angry, and don't decide when you're sad. 
Uh, and I think that's uh, really meaningful. And your bottom line here is your challenge for today is to pay attention to your emotions and how you react to them. You can control your behavior or you can allow your emotions to control your behavior. It's all within your control. So stay aware and stay in control. Um, it's, it's been a great time having you here. Um, of course, I'm spoiled. I get to have more time with you than most. And uh, you certainly are a great inspirational coach for me and uh, the many people uh, in your command and in your community. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. And, and you know, I want to uh, also echo that. So thanks for being on the show, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you more through a couple of different venues that we may have. And, and thanks for all the expertise and, and tips that you've shared today. Right. It's definitely been an honor. And, and if anybody would like those posts, you can receive the post if you'd like by emailing me at cjv 4 at bellsouth.net. All right. You've been listening to Leadership Development News. Keep uh, tuning in to tune up your performance. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be right back.